Welcome back to the Petty Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Miss Coco Davis, and we are joined today by Miss Zodiac, and she is actually a drag performer from the Atlanta area. Can you give us a little intro to yourself, Miss Ma'am? Hello, everyone. My name is Zodiac. I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am known as the Horoscope Potty. As you should. <laughs> All right, today we're going to be talking a little bit about alternative drag in the Atlanta scene and that impact that it has had on your life. So let's go ahead and get into it. Miss right. Zodi, can you go ahead and tell me a little bit about your style of drag? Yeah, so I like to describe my drag with the three G's, grungy, glamorous, and ghoulish. I draw a lot of inspiration from the early 80s. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Um, a lot of my drag comes from more alternative styles from the early 90s, kind of like Gwen Stefani, Stevie Nicks, Alanis Morissette, and Lana Del Rey if they had a baby. Okay, period, okay. (laughs) <laughs> set the scene yes <laughs> okay yeah how did you find yourself in the drag scene like what got you involved in drag so i was a performer all throughout middle school and high school specifically kept involved in my high school's marching band program and the first time i another actually one. got into drag was when i was another one okay the another, color guard girlies just get it another color guard girly another <laughs> band geek they all just everybody just <laughs> just a little artsy just an artsy little faggot i love it <laughs> yeah like honestly the the band to like drag queen pipeline is iconic it's truly <laughs> yes <laughs> But yeah, um, the first time I actually got into drag, I was, because growing up, I always wanted to be Sailor Moon, and my parents would not let me be Sailor Moon. Mm. So, um, my friend threw a Halloween party, and I went to the costume store with my own Munties, and I picked out a Sailor Moon costume, got ready, and went to my friend's Halloween party at Sailor Moon. Perfect. I love it, love it, love it. It's amazing to me how many anime girlies, like, that's one of their first kind of go-tos for any sort of, like, drag and cross-dressing is just immediately, you know, Sailor Moon's, like, very readily available. Let's just, let's start here. <laughs> yeah, Sailor Moon was my go-to all throughout childhood. Like, every Saturday morning, I was glued to the tv set because when she would transform that's when i knew i was like oh my gosh that's so me it's like oh my god this resonates she's perfect i want to be her sailor moon was kind of like my awakening and the first time someone actually put me in drag was my freshman year of college because i was sneaking away from the house to go to a club in Asheville, north carolina called Scandals, and I was in my college's theater and dance program, and to find myself at Scandals on Saturday night, and I was dancing on the dance floor, and one of my drag mothers, who is a trans icon in the Asheville community, Katarina Sinclair, she walked up to me on the dance floor because, yeah, I was, like, dancing my heart out, and she just, like, walked up to me, like, in the middle of the dance though, and she said, hey, you're a really good dancer and you have really beautiful skin. 
have you ever thought about trying drag? So literally the next weekend, like literally the next weekend after that, they had a talent showcase there and she put me in drag for the first time. I love it. (laughs) She said another one. Thank you. Another one. Thank you. (laughs) That's the real gay agenda. Just recruiting more drag queens and drag performers. It's like, you look so pretty. The real gay agenda. They said, you look so pretty. Let's put a wig on I, you and make you dance in front of people. Ah, oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. Well, considerably at that time, I was like, I was on my twink behavior, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, diva. I don't know and if I can consider myself a twink these days. And I... Never thought that I fit into the twink category when I still used he, him pronouns. Uh, But now I'm being told by everyone around me that I fit more into the lesbian kind of vibe. Like very punchy in the middle of the conversation if she felt like it kind of lesbian. Which is so crazy because even my boyfriend will call me a lesbian every now and then. And I'm just like, I don't think you know how this works. Hey, we love that. Lesbian right. (laughs) It's my lesbian right to date a man if I want to. (laughs) Yes. I know that's right. I know you and I spoke on Instagram a bit about the alt drag scene versus like the pageant scene. Do you have a lot of experience with like pageant drag or were you uh, like solely alternative drag for a while? I used to think that I was going to be more of a pageant person when I started out. And that's just because of what I saw on TV. I mean, I feel like years experience is that like they grow up watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And so I had this like preconceived notion oh like you know i like rupaul's drag race and so i kind of started i kind of started more glamorous but i was with like my performance style and my music choices specifically that inspired me that i was more alternative okay okay i feel like that's where like I don't want to say everybody starts, but that is where, like, most drag performers kind of start is pageant drag. Just because, like, yeah, that's just, that's the popular vibe thanks to RuPaul's Drag Race. That's just what everybody knows and recognizes. And that's something that I've talked on this podcast before. Like, talked about it multiple times. It's just, that's what the public sees. That's what they know. There's a whole world of this alternative drag out there that is so intense and it's so like enriching culture and it's so gorgeous and passionate and sometimes very like buddy and gross and campy and gothic and I just I adore I adore it but watching some of these queens like douse themselves in fake blood I'm just like that part's not for me <laughs> I I love appreciating that from a distance I can't oh, I, I can't do the gore <laughs> I'm like, okay, I see the vision. I see the vision (laughs) from a distance. From a distance. Yeah. It's the appreciation, you know? I mean, it's fun. Come with the dark side. I love the dark side. I love the dark (laughs) side. I just, I I like the dark side more in like broad daylight uh, when I I can see it, you know? Like in full detail. (laughs) I'm scared of the dark. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Which is also I used to be scared of the dark. And then. uh... Oh, no, yeah, it's great because like i am not a horror girly and then like i ended up falling in love with a fucking horror monster drag performer which is honestly iconic but he just knows that he can't watch hereditary around me is like the biggest thing i love anything that ari aster does hereditary is like 
<laughs> I couldn't even make it 10 Speaking minutes into the new version of It. I was just like, as soon as the title rolled across the screen, I was like, I'm good on this. I'm good. I'm good. I can turn on the magic school bus now. We're fine. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. No, no. I will say that in the film that terrifies me still to this day in college, I, um, for one of my elective courses, I took horror and supernatural literature, and that was a requirement. We had to read It the book. And... I just remember, like, reading that book late at night, and there were some passages I could not even, like, read alone, because they're, like, what? I mean, the book is so much more graphic than the movie. That's horrifying to think about. <laughs> yeah, 10 out of 10 would not recommend, especially for um, that particular series. <laughs> it's I mean, that's me. some people's tea, but definitely not mine. Yeah, it's It's not our journey. (laughs) No, I prefer kind of like the beautiful campy side of horror mixed with like psychological horror. Okay, okay, okay. Do you have like a favorite uh, like horror movie that kind of sticks out in your head? My favorite horror film from start to finish would be the... 2018 version of Suspiria. I don't know what that one is. I'm gonna have to. I need a little synopsis, a little breakdown. Who is it's she? It's a beautiful film. Ooh, so the original film was made in 1977, and it's kind of like a really colorful horror film that has a lot of twists and turns. But the remake in 2018, which I love, it has it has. Um, Dakota Johnson from Fifty Shades of Grey, and then also Mia Goth from Pearl. It is of this young woman who goes on this journey to Berlin, and she wants to be a dancer at this academy. Uh, the Cliff Notes version is that she doesn't know what's waiting for her at the academy, and she kind of goes on this journey of discovering herself, but like the people that run the academy put the girls that danced the academy through so much all i'm gonna say is that the movie itself is so beautiful because it's kind of like broken up into different acts but the last act of the movie is literally mind-boggling like it's beautiful in a sadistic way Mm. (laughs) that's that's like that's a little that's a mysterious little like cliffhanger there okay you did a good job now i'm interested uh, I'm gonna have to. Watch yeah, that with I all love the lights when I kind days. of like <laughs> go into a movie blind. You know that is. Fun. I just did that when I went to go see Poor Things. I don't know if you've seen that movie yeah. yet. Listen. Oh my gosh, me and my partner literally sold by it the other day. I want to watch it. It's so fucking good. There are parts of it that are like. I definitely want to watch that one. That there are parts of it that are like a little gory, and then there's just like a lot of sex. There's just so much sex in it, and it's oh iconic behavior is it a horror film it's not a horror film uh it's more like science fiction kind of um i don't know oh, i'd say like more of like a that. science fiction drama um there are times where it's kind of got this thriller aspect to it not thriller um it's like very psychological um i don't know how to describe it it's like there are times where they kind of have these gory moments but it's not super duper intense. It's just, I don't know how the fuck I would describe this fucking movie other than go and see it. It's incredible. <laughs> I love Emma Stone though. Easy A is incredible. Some of her finest work in cuntology. For Thank her. you. Yes, she got her, we got our degree there. Damn right. <laughs>
got her degree in Serbonomics and Cantology from the University of Bitch You Better. That's where we study. That's our place of worship, love. Damn right. That's my church. Praise be. Now tell me, is there a major and difference Foster in Colby's the name? name? We pray. Amen. <laughs> now tell me, is there a major difference in the creative process for designing your looks as alternative versus like pageant drag? I used to think that there was a major difference. I would say that like pageant drag is way more organized and requires a certain level of polish at least. But I love alternative drag because it doesn't necessarily allow you to like follow a rule book for your style. Feels more free and creative. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you get to you get to just relish in more creative aspects and it's not just like on well, you have to have nails, pads, and of course your breastplate, as the girlies love to argue. Just some big old titties bouncing around. I mean, hey, if that is your prerogative, I am all for it, Diva, but I myself and I appreciate my little A cup. Period. I'm sporting sporting a lovely little B cup over here right now, but we'll see where the the hormones take me. (laughs) Okay, same, Diva. We love that. Do you have a favorite memory of any of your drag performances? Like, is there a favorite performance that you've given so far? Oh my gosh, I've had so many amazing opportunities. However, this past weekend, I was reached out to by the show director of a venue in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. They saw that I do Lana Del Rey, and also to the record, let me say, Lana Del Rey is a huge inspiration for my drag, because I just feel like she gets the sad girls. Um, We love a depressed icon. Yes, yes, uh, yes, I'm very depressed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So depressed. Pretty Eh. Megan Italian. Um, (laughs) eh, Period. Oh my gosh. A whole other journey. Oh my gosh, this Nikki and Megan drama, I just can't. Oh, bitch, don't even get me started. Ugh. How's she gonna bring her dead mother into this? I swear. Mm. <laughs> literally. Oh my gosh. Like, literally, the fan base for the barbs can be so toxic. Like, threatening to go to someone's dead mother's grave is crazy. Yeah, like, how the fuck? You don't, she doesn't have to get fucking security guards on her mother's gravestone. Are you fucking kidding me? And see, that's just the thing. Like, I will always love Nicki Minaj's earlier discography like i had pink friday on cd i would blast that shit on the way to school (laughs) same the first pink friday but like pink print was was my shit yeah i remember i remember when she was still with like what do they call themselves like i remember like bedrock and like what was it like yeah it was like her and drake and lil wayne yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Nikki, but I've been rocking with Megan from the start. Like, Miss Tina Snow, she can take, like, any genre and make it her own, and also her visuals are just incredible. We love Megan. Her visuals are iconic. She can freestyle like nobody's fucking business, and she'll consistently put out quality content for the girlies. Meanwhile, what the fuck was Pink Friday 2? What was Big Friday? Oh, my God. Literally. <laughs> oh, my God. She said... Fragment, 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 fragment. She released a voice note out on Megan's life. Like, come on now. <laughs> and girly, Rent was due on Pink Friday too. What were you doing? The first, literally. I mean, 
the first 45 seconds of Fuck This Club Up was just somebody saying, fuck this club up. Like, what? that is so much precious time in a song that is only two and a half minutes long. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I have a strong opinion about this. <laughs> hey, that's okay, that's okay. We are allowed to have those opinions. Mm, we're gonna have to change the topic. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> yeah, change. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This whole episode's gonna be about. We gotta, we gotta change this Right. <laughs> all right. So, okay. I know damn good and well. All queens and pageant queens have very different energies. Tell me, what are these girls like behind the scenes? Hmm. I think it... pageant divas definitely. Yeah, like they offer a different perspective to the drag scene on what level you're at in your craft. Some pageant people can offer a lot of helpful tips on how to elevate what you bring to the stage. Mm-hmm. However, it just gets weird when you have a different vision and there's a persistent need to critique like pads versus no pads, breastplate versus none. And you know, I don't get in drag to impress, like, every single person in the room, but, like, if Miss, like, like, hey, Diva, well, you might come from, like, this era of drag. You might come from, like, this era of drag, but, you know, just let the doll live. Just let the girls live. Like, it's, like, every single thing that you think is correct for drag. It feels like um, sometimes pageant drag, how do I put it? It feels very, I don't want to say caricature, but it does kind of, it's kind of giving caricature. Like, pageant drag sometimes feels that way, where it's like, hey, look at these big-ass titties and these big-ass hips and these long-ass nails. It's giving Dolly Parton every single time. And when I see alternative drag, I see such a wide variety of, well, everything, honestly. Wide variety of artistry and creativity and different body types and backgrounds, like, Alternative drag can be anything, and when I think pageant drag, I kind of think, like, this one, like, really slim lane of very similar styles kind of, like, cramped together, you know? Yeah, of course. Like, don't get me wrong. I, when I first started out, I was learning to a pageant drag. I think that pageant drag, in its essence, is beautiful, and, like, there's a story to tell, and, like, there's something to be learned from that type of polish when it comes to drag. But, but like when you find your footing and when you find your way, like if that's not specifically your avenue and like you have, you know, pageant girl, will you have to do this or like this is a requirement. It can feel, how do you say it kind of gatekeepy? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just very, it has to be this and it can't be, something other than this. Yeah, I don't like how intercommunal dichotomy of where we feel gatekept because we don't, or we have a different standard than maybe like mix X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ooh, have you done a lot of competitions? Like a lot of drag competitions? I, yeah, I've done a couple of like bar competitions in the Southeast, kind of like in North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Would you say that the energy that the girlies have behind the scenes 
uh, at competitions is going to be a lot more intense than like a regular show. Oh yeah, most definitely. Does it get kind of like cutthroat competition kind of? In some instances it can. And I think that's just because, you know, everyone comes into like a bar competition thinking, oh, I'm the one. Oh, I'm going to like eat this up. And honestly, like every single person brings something different. So I guess it all depends on like what the judges are looking for. In any competitive setting, I just try to bring the best of what I know I can do. And, you know, if someone tries to come for me, I'm just going to be like, well, I'm in my lane. You're in my, you're in your lane. I'm in my lane. So let's just do the best we can do, Diva, and let's thrive. Okay. That's how we should live our lives every day. Mm-hmm. I gotta know. Do you think that, because I'm nosy and catty, so I, just, <laughs> I have this, I have a very particular question. I gotta know which set of queens has the best set of drama? Is it gonna be the pageant queens or is it gonna be the alternative girlies? Oh, most definitely the pageant girls, I would say. Ooh, spill the tea. Who's, what, what's it look like back there? What's it? Peek behind the curtain. I gotta know. Well, from a couple of pageants done, I just know that there is a lot of back and forth chit chat about like, who has the most gorgeous, gorgeous gowns, who is slaying the boots with like, the nicest hair. I mean, for lack of a better term, it's just like, who looks the best on show and there's a lot of like going on from that side of things and i mean the reason that i don't do a lot of like big pageants that require like big pageant drag is because the first pageant i ever did i was actually pulled to the side by one of the judges and they were like you read as more alternative like i know that you're glamorous here trying to fit like the pageant mold but I think that you would do really well at like a Halloween pageant or like a pageant that requires like a creative presentation or something that allows you to breathe more in your own style okay that okay I love that though that they're they're looking out for you and trying to kind of hone in on your creative spirit and help you find your niche setting in the drag community Yeah, like, a lot of the pageant girls, they follow a very strict, like, rule book for, like, what their drag is supposed to look like when they enter those arenas or those competition settings. Okay, kudos to them for doing that, too, because I don't like rules, and I don't like... See, when I'm at work, I get it. Like, I will be... I will absolutely do what I'm told to do, but I don't like being told what to do. (laughs) I love having that right. kind of creative reign and the creative freedom to do whatever the fuck I want. So Absolutely. kudos to them. Yeah. But goddamn. Yeah. It can get catty. It's, it's definitely like we like to have our freedom of expression and, you know, in its essence, it should be fun. But like, if you're over here sweating bullets because you know, someone put one more sewn on their gown. It's just like the anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, absolutely not. I'd be having a panic attack. Like, did I have three too many rhinestones on my fucking 
bodysuit. And but, I would, oh god, I would. They shut read down. the one scuff on that shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, those heels aren't in season. That's because they don't make in season heels in size thirteen men's, fifteen women's. <laughs> oh my what? <laughs> Said it meant it. That's my journey. Period. That shoe thing always fucking gets me, too. I already have hard enough time trying to find um, cute shoes in my size, but finding, like, a cute pair of heels that doesn't look like it's just been um, wrapped in colorful tinfoil that's not going to snap on a on a random Tuesday afternoon walking home from work. It's fucking wild. It's rough out here in these Oh my streets. goodness, not the Tuesday afternoon. It's a Tuesday afternoon, yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker. You ever have difficulty finding clothing like that? Or are you more of a petite queen that can find things in your size because a lucky bitch? <laughs> uh, I mean, you could say lucky in a shoe department because I was blessed with a 10 heel. Mm. Um, but um, as far as like clothing and like creating my own style if I'm not like sewing my own things I definitely try to like pair pieces together that I know are just like flattering on my body because I mean I don't want to like go out looking completely makes sense but I mean there are just some nights that like if a doll looks busted the doll looks busted right again Tuesday afternoon for me but you do end up sewing like most of your own clothes then yeah I taught myself to so, and there were a couple sure. of local queens that kind of started me on that journey. We love the creative energy. We love the creativity. Sorry, I lost track of where I was on my list for a second. Hold on. Okay, <laughs> Okay, found it. So, are you working on any new articles of clothing at this moment? Yes, I am. What you working on? Tell me, tell me, tell I... me. So I have a designer sketchbook that I've had since my inception into drag and I have a couple of pieces I'm working on for February and possibly March. So those are in the works. Okay. Any new material that your fans got to look out for? New material? Material new girl. Material. material girl. She wants your nana boo. <laughs> okay, literally. Um, <laughs> I want all my clothes designer. Broke with expensive taste. That's the era I'm in. Uh, that's the, <laughs> girl, that's the era I was born in, lived in, breathed in, will die in. <laughs> specifically, specifically. I, <laughs> I know my journey. I mean, maybe. I know this inflation. <laughs> I know this inflation. My tastes are going to stay expensive and the price is just going to keep going up. Oh my gosh. I literally hate capitalism so much. It's the vein of my existence. To the um, wheels fall off, bestie, but, yes. Okay, we ride together. We ride together. <laughs> New material. Um, well, of course, I host my own show in Kennesaw, Georgia called Hottie Review. We've been going strong okay. for three years. So we're currently elevating the branding and the showcase of that show. We are a monthly queer show okay. a monthly queer right. showcase and we are trying to have more theme shows for the rest of the year. So that would be considered some new material. Okay, yeah. Um I'm trying to hopefully this year, I want to see one of my goals since I've been like 13 years old has been to walk 
in a Vivian Westwood or a fashion show. So I'm trying to create a piece and see if maybe like I can walk the runway somewhere. That would be so fucking cool. <laughs> I've always wanted to like I've always been inspired by like do you remember the um the George Michael music video for Too Funky? I don't think I do remember that. I'm also ditzy, so it's I like, might have seen I, it. Yeah, it was really inspiring for me because like he has like the dolls walking in this fashion show and like the fashion specifically and that music video is literally so inspirational. I would love to walk the runway like Naomi or Tyra, just someone iconic like that. God, we love love the aspirations, as you should. And seeing some of the material you've got on your Instagram, you're definitely on your way. Speaking Thank of, you. Yeah, it's taking yeah. a long time. And speaking of, since I don't think I said it earlier, I'm gonna tell all of my all of our listeners here this evening to go ahead and follow Zodiac on Instagram at the Zodiac. T H E Z O D I Y A K. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> Gotta get you the plug. Thank you. Of course. I want these people to see what we're talking about here, too. The looks be iconic, and that little, like, Bride of Frankenstein vibe that you had going on there, love it. Love oh my gosh, you like that one? Thank you. Yes. And the hair in all of these is fucking wild. Sorry, now I'm just scrolling. <laughs> Yeah, with, like, anything that I do, I try to take horror elements and then style and then flip it on its head. I'm always trying to, like, elevate what I'm doing next. We love progress. We love elevation. We love the evolution. It's gorgeous. So I know that you said you've got uh, the regular show that you've been doing. Uh, Do you see yourself doing any other competitions anytime soon? Funny you ask. I am actually doing a competition on February 11th. Okay, perfect. Where can the fans find you? So I will be competing for Mix Mystic and Underground ATL at Mom Said It's Fine, hosted by Royal T, who is an incredible burlesque performer from the Atlanta area. And also, the beast will be by Miss Taylor Alexander, who is the iconic mother of the House of Alexander and ATL. Hell yes. And what time does that show start? I want to say we are starting at 7, 7 p.m. Ooh, early show. Okay. I know a lot of these shows. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. I know a lot of these shows, like, here in Charlotte started, like, 10 or 11, and I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> still at work. <laughs> <laughs> but stay excited. That's going to be a lovely little time. I'm sure you're going to fucking crush it now. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to try to carry. I've been like in the creative process workshopping for that show for like the last three days. We love the creative process. Do you have any... My favorite part? I don't want you to spoil anything for that competition, but can you give us any hints or any sneak peeks as to what the people can expect? Hmm. I would say be prepared because it's going to be hauntingly beautiful. Okay, haunting. Okay, haunting. (laughs) Love the adjective. Good choice. Delightful. Delicious. Distinguished. Alliteration. Now, I think that <laughs> we, <laughs> we're starting to wind down a little bit here. Uh, one of the questions that I love to ask almost all of my guests when I can remember is, what is the pettiest thing you have ever done? And this can be relative to something you've done like behind the scenes at a drag show or on the stage at a show, or it can be something that happened at work. But I just got to know, 
I gotta know, what's the pettiest thing you have ever done? The pettiest thing? Well, I get a lot of, um, how do you say it, gentlemen suitors who follow me after shows. Per. And yeah, usually they end up in my inbox for some reason. They'll like add me after like a competition or after having seen me at a show. And um, there was this one time I had this guy who was adamant in my inbox about like meeting me or like, you know, just talking to me. And mm-hmm. so, of course, I took the liberty of like seeing who this man was. I was like, and I see that he's married. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. We don't wreck no homes up in this bitch. Yeah. Yeah, Diva. Like, so I had left him on red for like a week and a half. And then I checked my at a show. And of course, there was suggestive material in my inbox. Mm. So I like screenshotted the messages. And I sent them to his wife, and I was like, do you know that your husband um, is in the doll's inbox like this? And she didn't, he responded, and he was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, what's your cash app? And I was like, period. (laughs) Gotta get that fucking coin, as you should. Say police! Police! Turn him in! (laughs) Literally... Like, why are these married men in our inboxes? Like, come on, have like um, a wife to go to. <laughs> They're not as fun and flirty or fresh as us, honey. Okay, listen, they gotta know what it takes to keep the girls, okay? We know how to keep these men. Build yourself from the ground up, then come back. Said it meant it. I love it I love hearing when dolls are able to just a little bite back you know brings a little warmth to my heart most definitely Mm. we gotta get our coins we gotta get our coins right it's struggle out here I keep (laughs) Whenever anybody mentions, gotta get that coin. I just remember about this one time that I ended up finessing a man with five feet picks. Or, yeah, about five feet picks for about $500. And I just, ooh, ooh, gliding on air the rest of that day. It was gorgeous. Yes, period. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, I told one of my friends that and she said, don't you ever lose that connection. Don't you ever lose those connections. Don't you burn that bridge. You keep going. <laughs> There's rent. Absolutely, you got to. Groceries. There's food on the table. Use them high arches. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, high arch. Yes, high arch. Yes. She comes with a lovely little back problem, but that's okay. Oof. Yeah. That's my journey. That's all right. (laughs) Pop a couple ibuprofen. Keep on snapping those pictures. Dearfeetfinder.com. Help a bitch out. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, Diva, I've been there. I almost signed up for that. And then I was like, I'm not. Paying thirty dollars for this, but that's when you also just create. See, I feel like I'm an expert in this now. So <laughs> you've got to create uh, like a finsta or uh, an 
alt Twitter account, and then you start posting suggestive material of your feet, your arches, shoes that you wear, pics of you going to get a pedicure, and then you just need to use like three hashtags. That's all it is. That's all these people need to find you. Oh, and they will well. be in your inbox. They'll say, what's your cash app? Do you do specialty videos? Do you do personalized material? And the answer is always yes for a fee. Correct. I love that journey for you. <laughs> I'm a businesswoman. <laughs> She's in the private hey, sector. we love to hear it. Yes. All right. We are rounding up our time here on the Petty Podcast. Now, I know that we've told the people where to find you on Instagram. Are there any other socials that you would like to put out there? Get some more followers on your accounts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you aren't already following me on Instagram, I also have my own hair business. I sell hair for people and that is at Yak Hair Design. Perfect, perfect. And we also we have our page for Haughty Review and that is at on Instagram Haughty Review Show. H O T T I E? Yes. Perfect. Hell yes. Eh. <laughs> all the hotties <laughs> in the room just give us a little eh, eh. <laughs> alright my love thank you of course thank you so much for joining me on the petty podcast it was lovely getting to meet you and chat with you for a little bit I hope you have fun hope you had a lovely little evening lovely little time I say evening it's morning it's barely even noon <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole twelve twenty one. But I had a blast having you here. But we made it to February, Diva. We made it to February. We're a whole month and a day into this shit ass of a year. And I'm just hoping (laughs) that it keeps on. I'm just hoping that it gets better. (laughs) Oh, it's been fucking bad. The horror persists. So do we. Per. If the horror is going to persist, then this horror is going to persist as well. Thank you. Period. Period. All right, thank you all so very much for joining us on this episode of Petty Podcast, Coco's Petty Podcast. Uh, you know that you can follow us on Instagram at Petty underscore Podcast. Follow Coco at Please Call Me Coco. That's K-O-K-O, like a double knockout. Thank you. Y'all have a lovely evening, a lovely day, lovely time, lovely month, lovely year. And we will see you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.